This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. It is a wonderful Saturday morning. Good Saturday morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It is Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. Great to have you along for the ride today. 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, we have a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. I've noticed that there is, I don't know, you may not be aware of this. There's a lot of news and stuff going on in the world today. And we'll try and cover as much of it as we possibly can, allow you the opportunity to talk about it and get your thoughts as well and get you up and going for the day. Candace Talk presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Make sure to check them out. They're opening up here in, oh, I don't know, just about a half hour from now. Also online at philscoins.com. And like we do every couple of weeks here on the phone, or in, on the phone, on in the studio with us here, to talk about some of that, the man himself, Mr. Phil Martinez. Phil, how are you, sir? I'm fine. Couldn't good Saturday better. morning. Yeah, ready to go for another day here. Feeling yeah, good. Unfortunately, a, yeah, another day. Yeah. I have to admit, this fall, I love this fall weather. We're cooling off a yeah. little bit, thank goodness, although it's supposed to be a little warm again, like end of this week, this weekend. I don't know where this heat streak's coming from. But uh, the first day of October, it was a little bit cooler. Yep. Driving in, it was perfect because coming just outside of town, it was foggy. It was <laughs> yep. cool. It was it was perfect. It was the perfect kickoff to fall, perfect kickoff to October. I'm really looking forward to the cooler fall season this year. It's going to be nice. Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice for working in the yard. The only problem is you come home from work, you grab a bite to eat, and it's dark. You don't have yeah, much time to work. You, we were that. working an hour after work or two hours, and now you can't get outside hardly. You can't get outside and actually do anything. That is a struggle, and this morning was difficult. Like the last couple of mornings, difficult waking up and having it still be dark in the morning time yeah. too so there is a struggle but at the same time i, I kind of like this i like it yeah. now there's a lot to talk to you about because i've been railing on this federal budget stuff raising the debt ceiling stuff we see inflation just completely out of control and i know this ties directly into the metals market not just the prices of metal which we'll get to in a second but also i think the demand on metals because people realize uh-huh. we're raising the debt so we can barely afford to pay interest on our debt as a nation uh soon we're going to be paying a trillion dollars a year just an in interest payment on our federal debt and they want to raise the debt ceiling again spend this five trillion dollars on a federal budget and 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure package uh people i'm sure are starting to get just a little wary and i'm sure you're seeing that come into the door and people saying hey i need to stock up on gold and silver because i don't know what's going to happen to the economy absolutely yeah it's been a madhouse <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, you know, we carry a huge amount of silver in inventory. Mm-hmm. And right now, sales, uh, we're probably averaging close to sixty-five dollars to $70,000 a day on an average. Wow. Yesterday, we hit on, yesterday, we hit right at $100,000 in sales. And I've got people talking. In coming, a day. A day. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got people coming in talking about spending real money. Sure. I mean, quarter million dollars. I mean, you know, it's uh, we ordered four thousand ounces yesterday just to keep up with what we sold. I've got almost, I've got twenty thousand ounces of silver on order. Exactly. Luckily, I still have silver, but uh, all of a sudden, everybody's going, "God, this can't, this can't go on. It can't continue." You know, and the problem is, you know, that the you know one time that three point two trillion or whatever was going to be an infrastructure bill, and now it's a social bill. 
Right. In other words, you know, and I'll, they're 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 these people do not understand. The government can give you eighteen hundred dollars, and you think you did well. Your children are going to pay for this until <laughs> the next 40, 40 or fifty years, and I guarantee you, what they're going to pay the government's going to be a hell of a lot more than the eighteen hundred dollars you got. Yeah, it's going to be ten grand. While there is nothing. Let me tell you, people, something you need to understand. There is nothing free in this world. Nothing. The air you breathe is not free because somebody's having to pay to have it filtered. So when you, anybody, so you get this idea that it's free and the government owes it to you. The government owes you nothing. The government is the government. And what I know is that the government considers themselves the government and the government is more important than any single entity in the world. So if you're not important and the government is, Government can do whatever they want to to you, and when you depended on the government, you're just you just made it simple for them. It does make it easy for them because that's the environment that they've created. They've created this economic turmoil. They've shut down the economy during COVID. They said that you're not essential and tried to shut you down. Now they're saying that you need to go through the red hoops of getting vaccine and so on and so forth to to in order to stay operable if yeah. you're a certain size of a business. Uh, the OSHA mandates that are coming out. That I mean, the re- the requirements are so rigorous for business itself that essentially it, it almost seems like they don't want you to start that business. So that way you just stay on that government dime. They stay on that government dime. Then we get to raise taxes. We get to increase social spending. And we're not going to have a whole lot of nice future to look forward to. Nope. I mean, it's it, 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 it's crazy. And I and I just don't, I don't I see no end to it. Yeah. I mean, the, the American people have gotten to the point where it's. The government, the government wants them dependent on the government. Right. They want you to work. Okay. You don't have to work because we're going to give you money and we're going to pay for daycare and we're going to pay for this and we're going to pay for that. Where does it end? They can't, the government doesn't have enough money to buy toilet paper for the white house hardly, <laughs> but yet they're telling you how to live your lives and they're going to give you all this stuff free. Somebody's going to pay for this, and I guarantee you, it's going to be your kids, your grandkids, your great grandchildren. I I heard a number the other day, and I could be totally out, out, but I think the national debt per person was like what one hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars per person. Yeah. So y'all dig down, pull one hundred fifty thousand dollars out of your pocket, and give it to the government, and you've paid your fair share. I mean, this is why but it we, wouldn't be enough. They still want. They still yeah, want more. This is why we fought World War Two because World War Two was. World War One, World War One, we fought so that our kids wouldn't have to fight fight another war, and it was supposed to end all wars. Okay, I think that was World War Two. I'm sorry, World War Two, and then we ended up with the Korean War, the Vietnam War. Yeah, so there's, all, there's yeah. always there's always going to be a war, but we fought these so that our kids didn't have to, and our kids still had to go off to war. Let's take it to the next level. In the federal budget, there is also a stipulation in there, whether it's going to be in the final bill or not. God forbid, let's hope it's not. But it says that if you are an individual or a business with any transaction going in or out of your bank account that is $600 or more, it would be reported to the IRS for for monitoring. Now, I was a banker prior to coming into radio again. I remember that I had to fill out what we call a CTR, a critical or a uh, trans... A currency transaction report. Yeah. And it was for any transaction of cash only going in or out of the bank account that was $10,000 and a penny or more. Now we're going to go from $10,000 and a penny or more on cash transactions to any direct deposit, any automated payment, any withdrawal, any deposit, cash, uh, Venmo, online banking, anything that's going from $10,000 down to $600. 
Phil, I'm assuming as a business owner and seeing the transactions that you guys are doing, I'm assuming you'd be filling out a lot of reports and the IRS would be watching every single transaction that you do almost with what you guys have going on. And I'm sure that's kind of what they want. Well, technically, though, we don't fill it out. The bank does. The bank does, yeah. And they send and it to the IRS. And unfortunately, I make enough cash deposits well over the $10,000 mark. <laughs> they already got we you. Already, yeah, we already have a file. All they do is press a button. It comes up. They print the button, change the amount, and we're done. But, uh, you know, all they're trying to do is track all this illegal money. Yeah. Well, yeah, their mindset is, oh, well, there's a lot of people doing stuff, you know, uh, paying their paying the little kid to mow their lawn for, you know, for 20 bucks. And after a while, you know, you need to be paying taxes on that sort of thing. That's where that's really what they're going after yeah. because they're greedy and a bunch of jerks. But nonetheless, uh, this is, I think, going to drive more people to your type of industry, isn't it? I mean, if they're going to say, I- I'm tired of these types of transactions, I don't want to deal with this garbage anymore. I'm just going to go to metals and just have that stockpiled for some reason. I mean, do you think that's going to drive an increase I in sales? I don't know. I know that, you know, I think it's some, I mean, you know, the, it's a really bad deal, mm-hmm. but you know, I had, had a guy come in the other day and he withdrew a fairly large sum of money in cash and the lady. Yeah. What do you, what do you want the money for? What do you mean? What do I want the money for? Mm-hmm. You didn't ask what I, what, how I made it or how I did it when I put it in the bank. Right. But now you want to know what I want it for when I pull it out. And she says, yes, sir. And he looks at her and he says, did you pay your utility bills last week, last month? Yes. How much was your utility bill? Well, excuse me, sir, but it's none of your business. And he goes, that's right. It is none of your business. Give me my money. Yeah. And uh, so he got his money and she left him alone. <laughs> and I think, unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be able to get bank tellers that's going to do this because after the crap that they're going to catch from everybody, yeah. you can't pay these people enough to put up with this crap all day. To fill out all I guarantee reports. you some little old lady coming in there that's been saving a couple dollars a month in a cookie jar and all of a sudden she needs some money and she deposits 600 bucks and then you want to know basically where it came from and what she yeah. how she got it. It's, I mean, it's kind of like when we started the Homeland Department of Homeland Security after 9-11 and we're patting down old ladies at the airport, making sure they don't have bombs strapped to them somewhere. I mean, this is what we're doing now is, oh, we got to make sure that you're paying your taxes, little old lady, need to, need to go through your financial transactions. Uh, this is taking things to a another level of stupid, I think. Well, I think at some point, I mean, you know, the, the, the way they want to do things, at some point, you know, technically, we won't need the IRS. Yeah. Because it'll all be in a computer program somewhere about how much money you put in, how much money you took out. They're going to know how many sheets of toilet paper you bought last month when you had diarrhea, <laughs> and if you went over the qu- and if you went over your quota of so many rolls per week, they're going to come and knock on your door and tell you you don't get any toilet paper for the next month. <laughs> people, that, you have no idea what kind of control the government's going to have over you. People. It was it was from COVID. I mean, yeah, yes. your lung disease and you needed more toilet paper. Running out of toilet yes. paper during COVID. Yeah, there we are. Yeah. Let's take a break real quick. 18 minutes past the hour. Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading. Honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Real quickly, though, too, uh, you're still like the only one in the area that still has actual supply on hand, don't you? I have more. I keep more silver in stock than all the coin shops in Kansas put together. Yeah, that's what that's I just figured. A fact. Oh I mean, well, because we have, you go we, through so much. We we we're we're known for it. We're the largest bullion dealer in Kansas, and anybody that tells you that we're not, or they're the biggest bullion dealer in Kansas, I'll be glad to compare their records to mine any day. But we are 
the go-to. The, the best, the best at what we do. That's amazing. I love it. We'll talk about some of that when we come back here. If you have a question or comment, you'd love to hear from you. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. It's Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker, KQAM. Two minutes past the hour. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. A few more minutes here with Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, opening up in about, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. So I guess we'll have to get you on your way here shortly. But right now, what's the hottest commodity is people are concerned about whether it's the federal budget, whether it's just for retirement stuff, whether it's just for a fun collection. Uh, what is what's the largest outgoing product right now? Silver, silver, and more silver. More silver. Oh, silver, the silver is crazy. Well, it's nice because it's so uh, economical. I don't have to be someone that makes you know a lot of money to come in with you know a ten thousand dollar check ready to write something down for a you know for a gold bar sort of thing. I don't have to. I could come in with thirty bucks and say, Phil, like, what can I do here? Like, yeah. and just and just little by little. I mean, it's perfect. I love I've it. Lot, I've got a lot of guys come in just buy one ounce a week, but uh, yeah, but uh, it's. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's people uh, people running. They're getting terrified. They don't want their money in the banks because they don't trust the banks because the government's got more control over the banks than they've ever had. Yeah, uh, they're pulling money out of four hundred one ks. They're pulling. You know, they're. I've heard rumors. You know, people have heard these rumors before. The government's going to confiscate money out of their bank accounts, and you know, and I'm telling people that's got stuff that. You know, watch what goes on when you start seeing banks start closing. Some, you know, Western Kansas little banks out there start closing. Mm-hmm. If you've got anything in the safety deposit box you shouldn't have in there, you better get to the bank and get it out. There's, I've, I've talked to people every day that's got stuff in the bank that, wow. you know, one guy says, well, what are they going to do about it? And I said, well, if your bank closes and your banks are, your stuff's in a safety deposit box, the bank will call you to come pick your stuff up. And I, I may be wrong about this. I may be, I may be giving our government too too much of a idea here. Mm-hmm. But I think somebody from Homeland Security or somebody from the FBI is going to be standing there. And when you open your box, they're going to go, oh, this is illegal, this is illegal, this is illegal, and we're going to take all this. Where they're going to take your cash, they're going to take your silver, you're going to take your gold. The, you know, And in some cases, they're not going to know what they actually have legal rights to take and what they don't have. So at that point, they're going to take it. Mm. And I've got a guy sitting there telling me, well, there's no way they're going to take my stuff. And I said, when there's two guys standing there with guns and you don't have one and you're going to tell them what? <laughs> and he goes, good point. So It's a scary thought, and hopefully, for God forbid, that ever happens sort of thing. But it is a concern that a lot of people do have of, I mean, the, the financial system. You put the money in the bank and... It's your money, but do they really have? If everybody that held a bank account at that specific bank went and withdrew their cash, would the bank actually have that amount of money on hand? No, because no. it circulates through the entire system. So that is a concern that a lot of individuals do have, which is why something like this, whether you put it in a safety deposit box, whether you put it under your mattress or whatever, when you have that silver round or that coin or you actually have that bar, then that's a tangible thing that you know actually has value and will never lose value. Yeah, well, I mean, well, now don't go never lose. I, 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 I'm not going to lie about it. The, well, I mean, the market will go the up market, and down. Yeah, but, but it'll the never lose down value. right now. I mean, now sure. is an excellent time to buy. Yeah. You know, and it could... It could get cheaper, but uh, I think it could. Uh, one of my guys was reading something the other day that for every ounce of silver out there that's sold on paper, they've sold that same ounce 500 times. Wow. 
And so if uh, everything goes to crap and everybody wants silver, yep. uh, the rich will get in, get their silver out, and all your other people are going to get going to get pa- going to get paper certificates saying that you have this much money. An IOU, it's yeah, be an IOU or a check, but yeah, but the, but you're not going to be able to get the actual physical silver. Yeah, but it'll always have always have some type of tangible value, uh, yeah. regardless of whether it goes up and down, and and that's that's the beauty of it. That's why I think a lot of people like this stuff, yeah. and that's the concern that I've always had with like the cryptocurrency. I I have like $100 into Dogecoin or Doggycoin or whatever, yeah. however you want to call it, just because it's fun to watch it go up and down. I have one in Shiva coin, which is like 10 decimals past the one cent. So it's not, you know, it's yeah. so far down. So, by the way, I have 7 million shares of that. So if it hits one penny, I will, I am leaving. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. I am done. <laughs> but you know what but, scares me is when you can take a computer and mine this stuff out of air. Yeah. I mean, you're just turning the computer on and, and it go, how do you mine air yeah. and come up with a Bitcoin it. worth $50,000 or $40,000? I, I do not understand it. I, I'm right there with you. I don't grasp that concept. So when I have that choice to go, like, that's fun. In total, between the Dogecoin and the Shibacoin, I have maybe like $150 invested into yeah. it. But when I really get serious with it, I'm going to go and get something tangible that I can take home, put in my closet, and know that I can get to it if I need to. Well, the advantage, the advantage to the silver and the gold, like I tell people, you know, Sunday afternoon hits and something comes up that you really need some money. Yeah. Well, you can't, you know, I mean, I had, I had a guy that needed bailed out of jail one day. Lord, God, I couldn't find anybody that would <laughs> cash a check for me, even though I had the money in my account. Nobody would cash a check for me. And luckily, I came from a small town, so I called the judge. I talked to the judge. I went down and left gold, mm. more than enough gold to cover his bail to where we could wait for Monday. And he got out of jail on Sunday afternoon, and we came up. And then we went down and got – then at that point, his folks could get the money and got, and got him bailed out. Yeah. But, but I didn't have that much cash on a Sunday afternoon. Right. But, but, but anything that I put back in silver and gold – I have. I have control of it. It's not, you know, it's not in the bank. Uh, maybe down in my wife's flower bed. I don't know. But, I, you know, I find different places to put it. Uh, but I tell people, if you if you have it, you have total control of it. And somebody yeah. goes, well, if it goes down a dollar, how much did I lose? You didn't lose anything till you sell it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like stocks. You know, you bought your cryptocurrency and it goes up. You didn't make anything till you sell till you it. Sell it exactly. So you know. So just because silver drops, you go. You know. But if you're into commodities and silver drops a certain percentage, then you got margin calls to make on stocks and bonds and stuff like that. Where as long as you're holding the physical silver or gold, you don't have you don't have margin calls to make on anything, regardless of what it does. Yeah. No, that's so true. I like the advantage of having something that I know is tangible. I mean, if you get back to it, we were tra- they were bartering for silver and gold at fifty at fifty BC before Christ. And silver and gold has had a value then, and it has a value now. Hey, exactly. I'm right there with you. Yep. I need to get back in there and get some more as well, but I will say that it was nice because I bought mine at right around 18 bucks when it was down there. It's at 22 right now, so not too bad. Not too bad. I need to kind of yeah. stock up a little bit again. Phil Martinez, Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, opening up here in just a couple of minutes. So I guess we got to get you on the road. It's always good to talk to you, my friend. I enjoy it. Uh- Bless all you people out yeah, there. God bless all of you. God bless you. We'll, uh, we appreciate that, and we'll get you back in studio here in a couple weeks. Again, got some calls on the line. Stay here. 
Stay on the line. We'll get to you as soon as we come back as we got to take a bottom of the hour break. It's Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. City Councilman Brian Fry, he'll be joining us in hour number two. We haven't had him in studio for a while to give us a city update. We'll do that. But for the next half hour, open lines to you right here on Candace Talk. Stay here. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Yes, you are. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on The Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM KQAM. Good Saturday morning to you. Thanks again to Phil Martinez, Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, trading, honesty, and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Online, philscoins.com. He's also opening up right now. Go and check him out. I always love chatting with Phil. We'll get him back on the show again here in a couple of weeks. And great sponsor here on Candace Talk, great partner with KQAM Radio. As we continue to kill it, we got City Councilman Brian Fry. He'll be joining us here in about 20 minutes or so for the top of the hour in hour number two. Have not talked to him in a while. It's been way too long, so we'll get him back on the program, get a City of Wichita update on what the fall may look like here in the area. Plus, we'll get an update on that, uh, what was it, a water main break or something that happened a couple days ago. Had a boiling water advisory here for the City of Wichita the last couple of days. That's concerning, so hopefully everybody has not gotten sick there and uh, you uh, have been staying safe on that front. we got a lot I want to get to. We have the phones all lit up right now, so all three lines are lit up. Stay here. I want to take you in just a second. Let me tease a couple of things for you. First off, as uh, we have a lot that is going on in the state of Kansas. Right now, there's a major battle going on with critical race theory, obviously, across the nation. We're going to have a couple guests on over the next few weeks talking about critical race theory. Next week, Chris Kobach, former Secretary of State, candidate for Kansas Attorney General. He'll be joining us next week as he's working on some legal issues to stop critical race theory here in the state. The following week, we're going to have State Representative Patrick Penn as he's starting and working on legislation at the statewide level to try and actually stop critical race theory as well to make that go through our state government. So we are working on that one. It's been a lot of new. It's been in the news for a couple of weeks now, a few weeks with the continued battle of CTR and how that's infiltrating our public education system. We are, trust me, we're working on it here in the state and we're the go-to source for you to hear about it on what the latest is, what we're working on with the show, what we're doing with elected officials in the state and how we're going to stop some of these shenanigans. At the same time, we have taxes that are an issue, and I've been hearing a lot of calls from people saying between the vaccine mandates coming from the Biden administration, between the federal budget garbage is coming out, what can we do to kind of isolate ourselves and kind of put you know burn that bridge a little bit from us and the relations with the federal government so we don't uh, reap all the unintended consequences from the federal government? Uh, we're working on it. Trust me, again, we had State Representative Leo Delperdang on the program last week, and we talked about what they're looking at doing to try and make us a sanctuary state, quote-unquote, or protect us or make the federal mandate of OSHA forcing every business that has 100 employees or more to get the vaccine to make that null and void in the state of Kansas. We're working on it. There is no written bill from OSHA yet, so therefore we don't know how to write our legislation. I did see a headline. Uh, what state was it? Montana, I think I believe it was. Montana has actually come out and has done kind of a blanket overview of this as a sanctuary state, saying that they're already uh, going to stop this and make it illegal. 
in the state of Montana to actually force the companies to do that. So they've already done it, but how strong is it and how much can it actually hold up in court if it was challenged right now since we don't know the wording that's actually coming out of the federal government? That is a concern. There is something that's interesting, though, that I, I heard over the week, and I really want to really try to push this argument. We had talked with Phil about the whole IRS and and following and tracking transactions at $600 or more with your bank accounts. And this is, again, not just cash transactions. The old currency transaction report that I used to have to fill out as a banker, it used to be $10,000 and a penny or more on cash transactions. It couldn't be a check. You didn't do it for a check that came in, didn't do it for a direct deposit that came in. It was only cash transactions that were going in or coming out. And that law was originally passed back during the uh, Patriot Act in 2001 after 9-11. And that was done because they were concerned about terrorists doing money laundering and us not being able to track some of the cash transactions that were funding terrorist activity or doing money laundering in the nation. That was the purpose of that law. And that was passed back in 2001. Now we're going to well beyond just money laundering concerns, but just literally the IRS saying, I want to know everything you're doing in your bank account. If you get paid and you get a $1,500 paycheck direct deposited into your account, that's getting reported to the IRS. Now, I believe it was, who was it? It was one of the congressmen that we've talked to recently had mentioned how this is potentially a violation and i think we need to run with it like this it's potentially a violation of your fourth amendment right of uh improper searches and seizures because if they're searching your personal information without any type of rationale or reason that is a violation of the constitution so for them to track every transaction you write a check for your car payment or your mortgage for six hundred dollars that goes out for an automatic payment every month that gets reported to the IRS. You go to Phil's Coins and drop $600 on gold or silver, that's getting reported to the IRS. You purchase a firearm, and that gets reported for to the IRS if it's over $600. That's absolute insanity. Is that a violation of your Fourth Amendment rights of um, unreasonable searches and seizures? I would think so. Why do they need to know that information? Because they say that they're losing tax revenue. They say they want to tax the rich. But apparently anybody that's doing transactions at $600 or more is now considered rich because they want to make sure that you're properly paying your taxes on those transactions coming in or going out. That's the stupid that's going on. Kansas, we can stop it. We'll be able to block it. Our legislatures are working on it, and God bless them for doing it. And we'll get an update on those as soon as we hear some more from the legislative level. They're willing to do a special session to stop some of this in the state of Kansas. However... Number one, we need to make sure that we have the proper written laws coming out of the federal government to know how to write ours. And number two, we want to make sure we have our ducks in a row because it's expensive, like $50,000 a day or some crazy number to do a special session and get all the legislatures back up there. So if they do it, we're going to make sure it's done efficiently, it's going to be done reasonably, and we're going to make this happen. So I wanted to give those updates on that one. Plus, I do want to get into some Kansas income tax and sales tax revenue as we saw more money come into the state government than what we had in the past. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But the lines are lit up. we got three lines all across the board. I want to get to all of you, so let's jump right into it here, shall we? 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Let's go to line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Andy, it's Sean. Sean, what's going on, brother? How we doing? Oh, man, I tell you what. <clears throat> Yesterday morning, I went to McDonald's, you know, to get my coffee and a small ice water. And I got, of course, no coffee. You know, not selling anything. 
no beverages because of the boil water advisory. So I go to back out from the drive-through. Okay, and there's this lady behind me, and of course, forced her to have to back up and let me out. And uh, as soon as I get out, boy, she just <clears throat> apparently it ticked her off, you know, because she just hit the gas, rushed right in there. So I like, uh, you know, I jump out of my truck, run up to her window, and say, "Ooh, lady, oh man, I'm sorry. Did I make you mad? <laughs> you really showed me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Why don't you? Uh, I tell you what. Why don't you? Uh, uh for a change, uh, go on a diet and buy uh, some fruit, eat some fruits for breakfast, you know, instead of stuffing your sewer <laughs> with uh, sausage, eggs, and cheese biscuits every morning, you fat food blister. Or wow. <clears throat> I'm imagining doing all this as I'm pulling out of the parking lot. <laughs> 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 and then I'm thinking, man, if I don't get some coffee this morning, yeah, I might hurt to- some. Uh, I'm gonna say you know get a little cranky there in the morning. Got to get uh, got to get the coffee, get things up and moving for the day. All right, so well, uh, all right, so let me ask you with all, with these issues right now with this this transaction, are you concerned about this with the IRS trying to track your six hundred dollar transactions in or out? Well, well, yeah, I am. I mean, uh, you know, I get a my my monthly pension is over is almost a grand and a half a month. Sure. Okay? That's a monthly deposit. Okay. Now the maximum amount, what they gonna investigate me every month that I get my uh my uh VA disability pension? You know, I mean <clears throat> now my debit card has a daily maximum limit on it of six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But I can't draw more than five hundred dollars max out of uh the ATMs that I use. Sure. So I guess I'm okay in that department, but you know, the very idea that they're going to be, uh, you know, spying on our uh, bank transactions is, uh, uh, it doesn't surprise me. You know, it bothers me. But, uh, you know, the direction this country is going in with these commies up there, and that's what they are to me, these Democrats are nothing but communists. Right. You know, what's doing to this country, you know, like I said, it angers me, but it doesn't surprise me. And hopefully... The Republicans can put a stop to that, but I don't know because they screwed us again on the debt ceiling. Well, that's the frustration. Yeah, that's the frustration. We've raised it again now temporarily, but they say, but I mean, we know it's going to happen. So we, while we have leaders at the federal level, and look, we sat down with Congressman Ron Estes. We're going to play that interview next Saturday on the program because him being on the Ways and Means Committee, I mean, that's obviously the committee that actually handles the federal budget. So we'll get his, uh, we'll pick his brain on some of that, but. They said, no, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling. You're going to have to create a budget within our means of spending. And then less than a week later, oh, well, we're going to default. I guess we better raise the debt ceiling without putting pressure on Democrats at all to downsize this federal budget in order to for it to fit within the means of our current debt ceiling. So, again, you're right. We've caved. We've cowered. This is why Kansas needs to stand up. And, and we're going to start getting legislators on the program talking about this to see how we can become more and more fiscally independent on our own as a state, because that's what all states need to do. And if we can get Kansas to say, you know what, I don't need this program, I don't need that program, I would rather, Sean, and maybe we should do a, a show poll with all of our listeners here, would you be willing to have your state taxes increase a little bit in order for us to cut off the financial aid and grants and money coming in from the federal government? Would we rather fund things at the statewide level 
to say, thanks, we're going to do it ourselves, as opposed to rely on the federal government to fund these different programs and departments or whatever else we're going to do. Would you be willing to see your taxes go up statewide in order to cut out the federal government? Well, I don't see where that would work because the federal government right now obviously doesn't have any respect for states' rights. I mean, you know, look what Texas did uh, with their abortion law, and a federal judge, you know, he he, uh, intervenes and puts a stop to it. and the same with Montana, you know, they're a new strict law on abortion. Another federal judge stepped in for a stop to that. Now, it's my understanding that an appeals court has uh, reinstated the Texas uh, ban on abortions after uh, uh, six weeks or something like that, or before six weeks or at six weeks. But, sure. uh, you know, I, I don't know what we could do short of seceding from the union, you know. Well, and but, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, especially right now with the makeup of Congress, that's not going to happen because the state has to vote on it, which is going to be a very tough thing to do. And then the federal government's got to sign off on it, too, and that's not going to happen. We're a revenue stream well, for them. That's not They're not going to like that. Well, it's been tried before, and uh, it didn't work. You know, it was settled in 1865 as far yeah. as uh, states seceding from the Union. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> taxes, well, I don't know about – I mean, how much more money can people afford to pay in taxes? Because no, that's the thing. And the, pro- know, the problem federal- is we wouldn't be able to lower our federal income tax at all, our federal taxes. It would just be adding more tax burden to us in hopes that we could actually be a little more dependent. But I, I don't know. That's a good question. Sean, I, I hate to cut you off. we got some more calls I want to get to here, so i got to let you go. But that's maybe we should do a, a show-wide question, a show poll for the Kansas Talk. Kansas Talk poll right now. Would you be willing to see state taxes increase – in order for the state government to be more self-sufficient and less dependent on federal government programs. And I'm talking uh, unemployment benefits. I'm talking Social Security. I'm talking Medicare and Medicaid. I'm talking uh, different uh, money that goes into cities and counties uh, in districts and, and all over the place. Would you be willing for your state tax rates to go up in order to fund things at the state level if we want a department of energy or a department of housing and urban development or a department of whatever we make those laws at the statewide level we say we're not gonna we completely make all the federal regulations on those fronts null and void and we start transitioning to that statewide level would you be willing to do that are you okay with that i'd love to get your thoughts on it 316-721-8255 we'll take a break when we come back we'll wrap up hour number one with the aarp and get a uh, get the latest from them on the fraud watch network and get your phone calls as well. It's Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. We're talking with the AARP, whether it's the Fraud Watch Network Retirement Calculator, getting involved in the community. Make sure to check them out online at aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas. Also, make sure to follow them on their social media as well for all the great events, different webinars, different things that they have going on here in the state. Excited to chat with again this week. Mary's on the line with us. Mary, how are you? I'm great, Andy. I'm loving this beautiful fall day. It's a beautiful fall day, and Halloween is right around the corner. It's, again, hard to believe. You guys have been extremely busy lately because you've had, uh, first off, a new state director for the state of Kansas. Talk about uh, the new member of the team. That's right. We had a state director, Marin Turner, for about 20 years, which is a very long time. Um, but she left for a new position, and um, Glenda Du Bois, who is from Topeka, um, started with the office on Monday. So um, she is. Uh, she actually was our former state volunteer president. 
So she's very familiar with AARP and what we do and the things we advocate for. And so um, she's looking forward to, to hitting the ground running. I love it. Well, congrats. And that's going to be fun to see a new team member in the state continuing on with what you guys do, because uh, October is a big month. I mean, you guys have a lot of stuff, of, of course, with the virtual events and uh, movies for grownups, all the stuff you work on. But the month is also uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And with your Fraud Watch Network, cybersecurity, obviously a major issue right now. We see hacks coming into pipelines across the nation and different companies and different computers all over. And it's hard to keep protected if you're going to be online. It is. And, you know, our lives are increasingly dependent on technology for both personal and business uses. So um, that's something we really need to be aware of is how can we stay safe online. And so Cyber Security Awareness Month, which is the whole month of October, is a great time to kind of take note of, of how you deal with the Internet um, and, how, and how you make sure that your information is protected. It's really important. Talk about some of the ways that you can keep your information protected between either uh, making sure your passwords are changed. I have to admit, uh, a lot of my passwords are all the same, and I know you're not supposed to do that. I know you're supposed to change them <laughs> semi-frequently, just things that are kind of an annoyance at times, but really, really important. <laughs> that's right. They are an, an annoyance. I can tell you that for sure. But yeah, that's one of the first tips is to create strong and unique passwords for all of your accounts. And, you know, there are things that can help you do that, like password managers. Um, so some of the top ones are, are called LastPass or Dashlane or RoboForm. Um, you, you can check those out on the App Store, and some of them cost money, some of them are free, um, but you can go through what they do and, and find out whether it's something that's, that's good for you. But really, you know, the, the best thing is, is make sure they're strong, that they're long. They're, and, you know, right now they're telling us phrases are the best thing. So pick out a phrase that's, that's um, unique to you, like, I love blue shoes or, you know, something like that, that only you would know and only you would remember, but still long enough for someone not to be able to crack. That's really Another interesting. Another thing to do. Yeah. 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 Another one is um, uh, you should always opt into multi-factor authentication. So what that does is when you sign in, it will say, we're going to send you a passcode to your, either your text or your email. You'll have to go to those, get the code, and put it in. That way, you not only use a password, but they have sent you a unique code that only you should be able to see, and then you can enter that. So that's what the two-factor or multi-factor authentication is, and that's a good way to stay safe. Another thing is to back up your data. Always make sure that you've backed everything up and saved it. And then make sure all your devices are operating on the latest software. That's really, really important. When you get an update from um, from Apple or, or whoever your service provider is, always do the update because that's how you keep the software updated and, and make sure that, um, that the latest security measures are attached to it. So all of those steps are, are a good way to, to stay safe and, and secure online. And, of course, then, you know, we always talk, Andy, about the other things you can do about making sure that you don't give information out to people who contact you. Make sure that you're the one that initiates the contact before you give out that personal information. So 
Um, that's that's the way people can be fraud fighters and and make sure that their information is protected online. It's really great information. Now, do you guys also recommend either saving things locally on an external hard drive versus doing things on the cloud? I know clouds either can get interrupted and usually they're pretty secure, but God forbid they go down or if you forget that password and you lose that information, I mean, what's the recommendation there? Well, you know, everything is going into the cloud. I, I, so, you know, that, that is supposed to be safe and secure. And so if you use those measures that we talked about, um, your information can be safe and, and secure. But like you said, you know, there are always things that happen. Things go down. So, yep. you know, it's best to talk to, to maybe your service provider or someone and find out what's best for you. But, you know, um, the cloud is, is the way people are going. So, um, and they're making it more secure. So, but you've got to do what, what you think is right for you. Yeah. Oh, the times are changing. You always got to take that extra bit of uh, security and responsibility on your front. I love it. We got just about a minute exactly. or so left. Talk about some of the other stuff you guys are working on, some different webinars, virtual conferences. What else is going on with the AARP? Well, as always, we have a lot of things going on. We have a virtual uh, concert this weekend, this Friday at 6.30 on the AARP Kansas Facebook page. So we hope you'll join us for that. We have Kansas musicians who are playing their own music, so it's always interesting to hear. We do have a coronavirus teletown hall event um, tomorrow, Thursday at noon. And um, we'll talk about boosters and flu vaccines and doctor visits and all kinds of stuff. So there'll be a lot of great information about that. Um, Also, you know, we're continuing our movies for grownups, our webinars, all kinds of information. And you can find those by going to the AARP Kansas website at www.aarp.org slash ks. Find all the great information. It's aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas, also on their social media as well. Mary, we appreciate it very much. We'll do it again next week. Great. Thanks, Andy. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. It is hour number two at Kansas Talk going by way too fast. Loving it. Flying right on by and we'd love to hear from you today. Welcome into the Big Talker KQAM 1480 on the AM side, 1025 on the FM side. KQAM. By the way, a little programming note for you. We've had them on the last couple of weeks, but there is an event going on right now. And it's going on at Hartman Arena up in Park City, the Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association. We had them on the last two weekends to talk about their gun show and bringing in all the fun guns and stuff. That gun show is going on this weekend, today and tomorrow. 9 to 5 today, 9 to 4 tomorrow. Go check them out. It's uh, Hartman Arena. I believe $12 a ticket. And you get in both days. And children 12 and under get in free with the adults. So have some fun there. Go check it out. Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association. Uh, Interesting poll that I think that we need to have. And I think we'll continue that on for a few weeks here. Would you be willing to see state taxes go up in order for the state government to become more efficient, more independent, and be less reliant on federal government? Now, is it a bit of a pipe dream? Yeah, it is a little bit of a pipe dream, pipe dream for sure. But I think states could start working towards that little by little. And with some of these shenanigans going on with the federal budget and the IRS and the inflation and the debt ceiling and everything else, would you be willing to say, you know what, I don't need those programs from the federal government as a state. 
We're going to do those all at the statewide level. Would you be willing to see your state taxes go up for that independent fight here in Kansas? That's a, kind of an interesting conversation. 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. But right now, and I can't, I, I'm excited to play this sounder because it's been so long <laughs> since we've done it. We built this city. <laughs> As we have the man himself in studio, it's been a couple of months really since we've had you on. Yeah, so feel, Brian Fry. It, thank you, Andy. And yes, it feels way too long. Yeah. I haven't heard that song since uh, probably a couple <laughs> months as well. So that's right. Feels good. It's, it's good to see you. how you been. Yeah. Oh, I've been fantastic. You've been um, all over the place. Have been. I've been traveling a little bit, not only for council related stuff, but for my other uh, side hustle. Yeah, you know, the Kansas Chamber. So sure. Uh, been doing a lot of travel across the state as well as uh, across the country, but. You know, it's just been that hectic time of the year, mm-hmm. and it feels good to get back out and and seeing people across. The, I, I was in the Minneapolis airport yesterday, and it was jammed. I mean, people wow. were traveling. Uh, and, you know, people are taking precautions; they're wearing masks. Sure, but, but almost back to normal. Yeah, almost. Yeah, but it just felt good to be out and doing things, um, not only here in the state but across the country. So. But yeah. busy, very busy, very busy indeed. It's that time of year. But I, I was saying it in the first hour. I love it. I, I was driving down October first. I was driving down from home, and it the sun was just starting to come up. Fog across yeah. the farmland. It was cooler. I'm like, this is fall weather. I love it, and I, I'm getting into the festive spirits. We have, uh, you know, the the uh, what is it? Field of Screams. It's coming up here <laughs> soon in the area. Doing the haunted houses. I'm excited for this time of year. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's so many other things that are happening. We just had the uh, Wichita Wagon Masters downtown chili cook-off a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. we had fantastic crowds. Um, Riverfest had an abridged fall uh, sure. season. We had a it, full wind surge uh, a, season. A great yeah. se- first inaugural season at yeah. uh, Riverfront Stadium. That was made the playoffs. Um, and by the way, in Minneapolis, they talk about the wind surge. Do they really? Because we're the farm team sure. for the Minnesota Twins. Right. And when people find out I was from Wichita, they're like, oh, yeah. You're our you're our I'm like that's that's cool. They know right? that's crazy. So uh, for usually for major league baseball teams, they really know. Like I lived in Colorado, I was like, I don't know who the team is for the Colorado right? Rockies. I don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it was kind of cool. But you're right. This time of year, the the sunsets and the sunrises are so pretty. The fall foliage, the little Christmas in it. Now today it's going to be 97. It's yeah. not going to feel like fall. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Yeah, but um, you're right. This time of year, I love it as well. Very good. City-wise, uh, city as a whole, city government, city functions starting to get back to normal as well. Courts getting caught back up, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, COVID and that whole pandemic thing <laughs> really put a lot of challenges on us, not only from uh, services and, and lost revenue, mm-hmm. uh, but the backlog it created in the court system. Um, you know, a lot of struggle. And yeah. right now um, we're working through with our county friends. We just had a uh, joint meeting a couple of weeks ago on the ARPA, the American Rescue uh, Recovery Plan money. Sure. Um, the county is getting about $100 million and the city of Wichita is getting 72 Right. And so how are we going to uh, spend that money? A lot of it's going to be lost revenue and, you know, being able to hire staff back for services that were cut. Sure. We didn't cut any police or fire during COVID, but certain things like park maintenance, um, library hours, things like that were cut. And so we want to restore those services and get those back to the level that they were pre-pandemic. Good. And so a lot of that money is going to be used for that type of thing, court backlog and trying to get to force. Um, but then also, you know, what else are we going to do with those with those dollars and how are we going to invest it in our community? City of Wichita, we're putting money into infrastructure, public safety, okay. um, police substations, fire substations, getting those modernized and so where it's they a building need upgrade to be. sort of thing. Exactly. Right. Take advantage of those dollars to 
And that also lessens our capital burden. So our debt level will not be as high. It'll be lower because we're going to be able to use federal dollars to do that. Sure. And then we're also addressing affordable housing, uh, mental health um, and addiction. You know, obviously the homeless situation. How can we start to put some more resources? And it's not just putting more resources toward it, but it's partnering and being collaborative and making sure that you're not doing the same thing that this group is doing. We got a duplication of services. Let's figure out how to work together to leverage those resources and be more efficient Sure. and starting to do things like that. Um, and then obviously the other big issue um, right now we're all facing, and I heard this throughout uh, the state as I was traveling from my other job, the future of work and what's that workforce going to be. How, every community, every company I visited, it's we need workers. Mm-hmm. We need bodies. We need people to fill these jobs. And it's, qual- it's supply chain issues, but it's also just keeping pace. Sure. And um, it's a big challenge here and across the state. And how do we train people for the jobs of the future? What are those jobs of the future? WSU Innovation Campus is really uh, they're killing it. focused on that. Yeah. And they're doing great things. But we have to continue to support that. Because we're in a very tough competitive environment with our friends in Tulsa and Oklahoma City and Des Moines and Omaha. And we have to keep pace. Yeah. And our, our citizens, our neighbors need that. So... Uh, a lot of interesting, a lot of fun things happening. It keeps me busy, keeps me awake at night, uh, keeps me moving. I got a full day today, so I'm glad I'm getting <laughs> to start it with you, though. So. Yeah, no, that's perfect, and I, we always love that and appreciate it. I, I am glad to hear that we are discussing what that $70-plus million is going to go to. It's, and we've talked with it with uh, County Commissioner Jim Howell as well. My biggest concern with that massive load of money being dumped into local communities like that is that we try to expand programs and then right. 10 years down the road, five years down the road, we can't sustain it because right. we've grown too much. Then we got to raise taxes to try and sustain. Then things start to fall apart because we can't maintain it properly. And I'm concerned about that. So, yeah, yeah if it's helping, like you mentioned, you know, doing building upgrades now that we'd have to get into debt for to spend money on later. Or if it's to, uh, to try and help businesses that lost revenue during the community, within the community. I mean, that sort of stuff needs to be talked about. And I'm glad that that's kind of the direction it sounds like we're going because yeah. I was a little concerned about that. Yeah, no, it definitely needs to be because this is one-time money. Yeah. Um, we can't continue to uh, fall into this uh, comfort zone of, oh, we'll just get another federal stimulus, right? <laughs> um, and I think that's what people have started to expect. And there's got to be a return to self-reliance and personal responsibility. And part of that uh, is not only as electeds making sure that we're investing now and not putting up programs that how are we going to pay for it ten five five ten years from now? Right. And so that infrastructure, um, and again, allows us to not increase debt and keep within our means so that when we do have uh, an incident like a main power failure of a water treatment plant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have the funds necessary to fix it, right? And so, right. Um, yeah, we can't ex- continue to expect these bailouts. Um, again, county getting $100 million, Wichita getting 72 USD, School boards, yeah, they're USD getting like 70 million. Five, Yeah, they're getting And then the state's getting a billion. Yeah. So there's all this money flying around, and everybody's rushing to add staff and add programs. No, we have to do this responsibly. Now, we don't have to spend it all right now. Right. So we can take the time to really figure out what makes the most sense for us. Good. Where to invest those dollars. Could this potentially pay off the water treatment plant that we're trying to upgrade that was going to be a long-term, like, 20-year plan? Would that help maybe fund that and just pay that debt off, you know, instead of dragging it out? Uh, well, so that one's already a set 
program. It is set. Okay. Yeah. It is sorry. Set and, then. and we can't use this money for existing projects. Mm -hmm. It has to be okay. new. Gotcha. Um, new build, new infrastructure. It can't the red anything. tape. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Right. And that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to get things back going and open stuff up and spend those dollars. Sure. Um, but and again, that water treatment plants um, that we're building right now, it's on track. It's under budget. It's on time. Cool. Um, all the revenue is accounted for because the way we're building it, there can't be massive change orders. Right. Um, we had a guaranteed maximum price. So uh, we're comfortable with where that's going. Now, we still have other infrastructure needs, uh, pipes, I was going to say, let's uh, mains, stuff like that. But that's been identified and that is in our capital plan. So, good. Um, you know, we've always anticipated something like this. We've had a couple of close calls in other parts of town. Mm -hmm. Again, when you're talking about infrastructure and some of these pipes are decades old, they will ultimately fail. And so yeah. they have to be replaced. Just, Extra minerals, it's no, right? It's yeah. no different than anything at your home. Yeah. Right. So um, that's why we have a plan. That's why we do an, an asset inventory and, and have a, an idea that the condition of every uh, piece of infrastructure. Very good. No, that's good. And let's talk about some of that. So we had the news just a couple of days ago. What was it? A, a water main break or uh, some type of uh, break in the pipe somewhere to where we had a water boil advisory here for the city of Wichita. Is that still under effect? And, and talk so about what happened here. The, the the most important thing is the the boil advisory has lifted. Okay, good. So we can go back to normal. Now we advise you to go ahead and run your pipes for you know several minutes to get everything out of it. And if you have an ice maker, dump that ice, mm. let it go through a couple more cycles before you start using that ice, just to be completely safe. Sure. Right? Um, what happened at our main treatment plant, which is downtown, there was a power failure of some sort, an Ooh. interruption okay. from Evergy. This is the nearest that we can figure. And that caused the system to go down, the pumps and everything. It, it never went down to zero, but it went down low enough that we lost pressure. And when you lose pressure in the pipes, then you have to resurge it or rebuild it. Sure. Right? When they rebuilt the pressure, there was a surge, no pun intended, wind mm -hmm. surge. Mm -hmm. There was a surge of one of the pipes okay. at 17th and 135, and that caused a burst. Gotcha. And when that burst, then you have the potential for groundwater to get into the entire system. And that's why we had to put a... Bo a boil advisory on gotcha. until we could get it stopped got the valve that particular section of pipe closed off so no more water was getting into the system right but it takes 24 hours for kdhe to perform their test on the water to make sure there's no more chlorine and no more contamination in it gotcha that's why we had to have the ban for as long we got the uh, go ahead at about 1 a.m this morning and kd and our staff i got a big shout out to our public work staff alan king don henry uh, Penny Feist, Ben Nelson, all those folks um, have worked uh, several hours on this to not only keep the information flowing to the citizens so we know what's going on, but t talking and, and working with KDHE to get everything tested to make sure that we get back up. Look, this is one of the biggest fears I've had um, as a council member, but knowing that our staff was on top of it and was able to get the communication out to folks and give them assurances that this is going to be temporary. Right. And it was, um, like, like I said earlier, the ban has been lifted. Good. And so we are back to normal, but, um, yeah, just one more thing we needed over the last couple of years. Yeah. Right? yeah just a bit of a <laughs> reminder of like, Hey, I'm glad you guys are fixing this. Cause, right. uh, yeah, we're, we need to make sure these now, how does that work when you need to shut off water to a certain area when it bursts? Is there like 
safety guards within certain yeah. increments where you can just cut off the water right yep. there and stuff. Yeah. Okay. They've got a series of valves and mains that just turn they can right shut off, off certain pipes. Mm -hmm. Good. And this was particularly uh, problematic because it was right there at 135. <laughs> and so there was worry that all of that water rushing out was going to create erosion around the highway, the freeway, mm -hmm. and cause... Fortunately, we did not see any of that. They were sure. able to stop it quickly enough. And that was the only uh, main that burst. Okay. Uh, again, that's when you repressurize and that all of a There's sudden. There's some concern there, yeah. Yeah, it, depending upon the pipes. But we, our staff has done a great job over the last several years of identifying the most critical pipes and replacing and, and getting that done. So Very good. I love it. Let's take a break here real quick. 20 minutes past the hour. Wichita City Councilman Brian Fry. we got lots to get to. We'll talk continued about the, the budget, what else is going on, getting ready for uh, not your election, but other elections within City Council and other, uh, other districts as well around the area as we go into the fall season here in the city of Wichita. It's good to talk about some city issues again. It's Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. It's past the hour. Welcome back into the program here. Candace Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM, Wichita City Councilman Brian Fry. So we were just talking about this off the air. I think what we needed to do, just put the mask over the faucet last couple of days for the uh, water advisory. <laughs> you know, it'll clean it. It'll purify it. It'll be great. So I think we're, we're good to go there. Uh, no, I'm glad things are going well on that. We've got it cleaned back up. Everybody's somewhat back to normal. And uh, you guys can focus on some big issues again. Yeah, I mean, we're never a lack for issues. There's always something. There's always something going on. You know, on. we just we just had the the budget season and got through that. Um, did we pass a semi decent budget? We did. Um, I feel really good about it. Um, mainly because um, <clears throat> our sales tax revenue exceeded our our expectations because yeah. opening back up and people were spending money on home improvements on on uh, you know entertainment recreation so i built a home bar there you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and so sales tax revenues were higher than expected so that helps some cushion stuff obviously sure we talked earlier about the federal stimulus and how that's been able to back support some of the areas that we were struggling with but from a cip standpoint our capital improvement plan we got some great projects down coming down the pike um, building a new police substation over near uh lincoln and edgemore by the old southeast high school um mentioned some fire stations rebuilding um and then some library improvements so you know all in all i think the the budget session this year was smoother sure than it's been in past years I remember last year it was all the police defund police right? yeah and i was wondering if that came back up again this year because i know i want to do it when we come back from the bottom of the hour the discrimination bill that you guys are still looking at voting on so we'll talk about that here in just a second because that's going to be a big one but this year i mean was there the cry to hey let's defund police let's like shake up the system kind of thing no okay no fortunately we did not i mean remember last year that was also happening with the george floyd yeah. situation in minneapolis and so that was the the narrative um you know wichita responded very well um during the last year now we have some concern with uh gang crime uh mental or addiction and drug related crimes sure um our youth uh we saw instances of vandalism and so forth mainly because people weren't in school right yeah and they we had some issues right. but but you're right i mean the nice thing was we had a police chief that 
was from Minneapolis that knew their protocol. And I think he made some national news just to, with him coming out and talking about their protocol and what we do here in our city, in the city of Wichita, and what he was trained to do up in Minneapolis and how that wasn't the right thing. So I think the way that our police chief handled that scenario and then really came out with the communities around here, I think that helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The relationship that he has with all the different communities um, in our city um, has been valuable. Yeah. Now, make no mistake, we still have some issues oh, with some of course, violent yeah. crime and, and gang crime and so forth, and got to get a handle on that. Part of our uh, effort with some of the federal funding is some violence interrupter stuff and mm-hmm. how we can be proactive and try to um, get to folks before they go down that road mm-hmm. and try to identify trends and, and uh, pockets of folks that we can you know get help sure. before they go down that path. Um, but no, um, it wasn't the uh, brouhaha that it was last year. That's um, good. Again, it's. But um, it was a fairly smooth um, election site or budget cycle this year. So good news. How, how much did forward. we see the budget increase? Oh, minimal. Um, really? Mainly because good. of the truth in taxation. Okay. Um, law that the state passed last year, we could not go over a certain limit, and so we kept mm. it within that, and so. Um, that's good because that's, I'm, I'm an advocate for that. We don't need to be spending more just because you can spend keeping more. government within the reins of its limitations. Right, wow. What a concept. Absolutely. Man, you should tell that to Joe Biden up there. <laughs> Let him know. <laughs> Biden or Brandon? Who was that? Oh, that's right. Let's go Brandon. <laughs> Let's go Brandon. <laughs> so no, um, no, we did not have the increases. We kept it responsible. And again, it's, uh, we have a very good city manager who understands fiscal management. That is one of his core strengths. And, and he does a great job with that. So, yeah. and, and the council itself is um, fiscally conservative, I believe. Um, the majority of us don't want to spend money just to spend money. Sure. It is your money after all. And so we've got to continue to be responsible for that. So. Sure. That is good stuff. we got just about a minute before we have to take a break here. We have a caller on the line, though. So, caller, stay on the line. Uh, we don't have time to get you yet. But we'll start off the next segment with you after the bottom of the hour. The tease, though, uh, to go into this, just to let people know, you guys have been debating this uh, this discrimination bill for a while. Like, this was back in was June. It? June, yeah, yeah, when you guys started that one. So when we come back, we'll talk about this bill. You guys are voting on it on Tuesday. What's it actually look like? You know me. I, I hate the identity politics discussion. I don't like identity politics, so it's kind of a frustrating one, but it is an important one, so we'll talk about that and see what it is and what could happen here in the city of Wichita. Plus, we'll take some phone calls, wrap up the last half hour here with Brian Fry, city councilman, rocking it here for the city of Wichita. Lots more coming up. Stay right here. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome back into it. Last half hour goes right on by way too fast. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Appreciate it. Kansas Talk, 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. By the way, that liner, we do have Dan Bongino live middays 11 to 2. You can hear all three hours of his program live. You can call into it live, although he doesn't take a whole lot of callers. 
Um, but I tell you, he's killing it. People loving it. Loving it. He is, um, I mean, you can't replace the big man in the big shoes in that yeah. time slot ever. You can never. I, I did. I shed a tear or two that day when uh, Rush Limbaugh passed away. But I tell you what, Dan Bongino has came out of nowhere. I was looking at some of the, this is kind of inside ball stuff here. I was looking at the ratings for national talk shows. Dan Bongino started his midday three-hour program literally like a couple months before Rush went off the mm-hmm. air and passed away. He's already in the top five in the nation for wow. biggest talk shows. That's so great. He's, he's literally, I mean, you have obviously Sean Hannity who's been there for years and he's still number one, I think. There's a couple others that are doing really well. But, uh, yeah, Dan Bongino's been literally in the midday primetime three-hour slot for maybe four or five months, six months. And he's already in the top five, top ten. He's fantastic. Well, I mean, it shows you what a void that Rush created by his passing, yeah, um, and the opportunity for for folks to fill in. So, I mean, that's that's great for him. He's killing it. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of people loving it. So, we're really proud to have him on the KQM Airwaves. You can hear him live weekdays right here from eleven to two. You can also hear the best of the Dan Bongino program this afternoon on KQM from five to eight o'clock at night. Brian Fry hanging out here in studio with us. We do have a caller on the line as well, so let's go to that at 316-721-8255. Good morning. Who's this? Scott. Scott, what's going on, sir? Well, I thank everybody in the Wichita area, the city, and the surrounding areas to take an inventory of the things they have in their community and see what they have versus what they don't have. And usually you'll find that, especially in the northeast part of town, they don't have grocery stores. They don't have uh, laundry mats. They don't have gas stations here. And you have to wonder, I said, well, now why are there four grocery stores in one area, but none in another area? Now, all of these areas pay taxes. So why come you can't have at least something for your basic human needs provided for? I find that the city did do business when it came time for the Hyatt Hotel to be paid for. and then they said, well, we're going to cut this money equally in the district, and yet I see none of that money in the first district at all. Now, I know the Brandon Johnson there, I'm sure that he's aware of this stuff, but he's done nothing. And I think the voters should, should consider that when they go to vote for, for whoever they're going to vote for, first district, in any of the districts. Because I don't think one part of town should be without when they got four grocery stores in another part of town. Yeah, that, that tells me, it, it brings up a good race theory. I mean, geez. Yeah, it brings up a good question. And Scott, I appreciate that. And and Brian, I want you to respond to this. I know now, obviously, those are private businesses. So the big question is, how do we get private business to come into certain communities? Because I did want to ask you about that and get an update on there was conversation about getting a grocery store into some of those food deserts in the city and where we are with some of those. And if those are moving along, because I, that is an issue. And I'm, I'm glad that Scott brought that up because there is a desert for a lot of things for some yeah. people. And that is that when you have to go to the gas station and grab the, uh, you know, the hot dog on the roller there for dinner, like that's a. Uh, uh, that is not a healthy lifestyle, right. and I feel really sad for something like that. No, uh, I understand. It, it is a free market decision, though. Yeah. Um, a grocery store, a convenience store, uh, those are tough margins. Um, very uh, difficult to operate. In fact, there used to be a Walmart neighborhood market at 13th and Oliver. Sure. Um, and right now is a food desert. Um, remember Barry Sanders, uh, the great football player, had a grocery store at 13th and Grove. It was the Sanders family market. Mm. The, that is where the Save-A-Lot just closed. Okay. So there are food deserts where there used to be grocery stores because it is so difficult to get good profit margins. They have to be 
in areas where there is a lot of traffic sure uh, on major arterials and that's why you see them at central and rock road at 13th and west street at 21st and mays major population centers where there's a lot of drive-by traffic because they have to make it up with so much volume right and again if if a walmart neighborhood market can't make it i you know what is the answer? What is the, you're right. right. I mean, with them, with the amount of expendable cash they have to put it in and say, you know what, this isn't working. We can't keep the doors open. That is that is a concern. Now, I know that you guys had talked about at least some temporary legislation, which it's crazy we have to have legislation for this, but to be able to grow a garden in your backyard and be able to give that out to the community or yeah. sell that from your backyard sort of thing, uh, that is still in effect right now, isn't it? So that's part of the food desert solution. Um, I give got to give a big shout out to Councilmember Tuttle. Um, that is one of her passions is food desert and uh, helping communities figure out options yeah and growing and selling your own vegetables to your neighbors and on the that's an op- we need to figure that out we need to fix that sure because it shouldn't have to be a roadblock right if they if you have the ability to grow produce and find a market for it you should be able to do that yeah and so um, that's one of the solutions, and we're working on that. Yeah, farmers markets, you know, that sort of thing for the community. Yep. So, Scott, I mean, do you like those ideas? I know there's a long road here to trying to get the stuff fixed, but what do you think about those kind of ideas? Well, here's the thing about it. Like I said, 13th Street, 21st Street, they have a lot of traffic going through there. Yeah. Now, uh, so there, there's people in those areas that live there, you know, a lot of homes in that area, so they should be able to get some kind of grocery store. And if you remember, there was an IGA on 13th and the Grove, then there was a Jabars on uh, Grove and 21st, and then there was a Razook down the street. So there was at least three grocery stores. And as far as I'm understanding, traffic now is probably more than it was back then. So they were able to get three grocery stores around here, but yet now you can't even get one. Right, and crazy. as far as the city goes, they, they have the ability to zone an area and say, you know, we're going to let you have two or three of a gas station here. But the other one, we're going to make a decision on where you get it. And I know they have those deals that they can do. Well, I know there's districting laws and stuff on there, too. Scott, I appreciate that. I want to get to another phone call here. But uh, it, it is an ongoing issue. So I'm glad that Scott brought that up and, and talking about these food deserts. Because I, I do. My heart goes out to people that don't have fresh food around. And they're like, oh, I guess I'm going to buy a bag of Doritos and a hot dog <laughs> tonight for dinner. Which, I mean, as nice as that hey, is, you can't live off that. Some days that's all I get. That's all. Yeah, yeah, exactly, I'm, going from, right? I'm going from meeting to meeting. <laughs> I forget to eat. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that I shouldn't be a lot joking about that. But. but but it is. It's a concern, so I'm glad we're working on it. I know that, uh, and I need to get him on as well, City Council uh, member Brandon Johnson, because I know he has focused on that. Yep. He's the one that talked about some of the, the gardens and the, and the growing, some of that stuff. So work in progress, right? Yep. Work in progress. Very good. Let's shift gears to the other issue. Now, Brian, you know me. I, I hate, I hate identity politics. I don't care about skin color, sexual orientation, gender identification. I, I just don't care. doesn't yep. bother me. Uh, we go back to the old montage of uh, Martin Luther King of judge someone based on their character, not by the color of their skin. If you're a jerk to me, then you're a jerk and I'm not going to be around you. If you're cool to me, then you're fine. And I don't care. You live your life. I live mine. It's the libertarian conservative way. I just don't care. Yeah. We have this discrimination bill coming out. And I know that uh, the current mayor, we'll call it that, uh, presented that back in June during LGBTQ month and wanted to make this big hoorah type of bill. Now, I'm not aware of, quote-unquote, I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it happens somewhere. I'm not aware of major discrimination issues going on in the city of Wichita. I'm sure that businesses 
have done something, I'm sure whatever, but it comes down to who you want to support, who you want to be around, and those situations can be avoided. What is this type of bill, and is it going to be this overbearing business you must do business with everybody that you may not like or whatever, and we're going to come and get you? Or, I mean, what what is this entailing right now? Um, wow, there's a lot to unpack there, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so primarily this is aimed at protection from demis- discrimination in housing, employment, and public accommodations. And there are federal and state protections for those already. Already in place, right? yeah. The difference here is that it adds a protected class of sexual orientation and gender identity, which at the local level doesn't exist. Now, at some measure it does in federal and state, depending upon how you break it all down. Sure. And some of that, there is fear that if a different administration comes into power federally, like Biden gets gone, that um, it could change. Mm. And so this would allow... uh, these protected classes, and there's a whole laundry list of them, but the the main difference here is sexual orientation, gender identity, a local avenue to file complaints and to get mediation or their discrimination addressed at a local level. Um, at the state and federal level, it can take months, years. And for someone who uh, has been discriminated against, this is an opportunity for them to get some action and, and some recourse uh, something done about it locally. Right. And, and that's the main difference here. Um, Are there any active cases, legal cases, suits, anything of someone saying because of my sexual orientation or gender identification that I was persecuted wrongly from a business or a, an apartment complex or my job or something? Is there any active cases coming out of Wichita right now? I'm not aware of any. Okay. Um, I'm aware of a couple in the northeast part of the state, Johnson County, uh, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> it explains that there's a lot of activists up there, but, uh, not a- aware of any here in Wichita, but okay. again, this is kind of that, well, let's get ahead of it. You know, um, look, this has been a very controversial issue since the mayor first proposed it back in June, the whole process went down in a very bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's caused a lot of division, a lot of separation, a lot of identity politics, as you mentioned, this could have been handled a much better way. I have always said from the entire time I've been on council that for Wichita to be successful, we have to be the most inviting city we can be. Sure. And for me, that definition of inviting means you're, you're welcoming, you're, you're desirable, you're open, transparent, sure, and inclusive. That means everyone is, feels like they're invited to participate. Sure. And if people are faced with discrimination, whether it's real or perceived, that is wrong, absolutely wrong. I was raised in a Southern Baptist world. And one of the one of the songs we always sang was Jesus loves the little children. Yeah. Red and yellow, black and white. Right? Mm-hmm. You know that song's in your mind. Yeah, right? yeah you're exactly. Gonna, you're gonna be singing that you're the singing rest that of the day. Right, I'm gonna be wiring <laughs> things to the house and singing that song. So. Right. And so that's the way I was raised and that's the way I believe we need to treat each other the way that you would want to be treated. And the fact that we have to have an ordinance to force that behavior yeah. is pretty frustrating. It's sad. Um, it is but sad. there are people that feel discriminated against, and if this gives them some measure of protection, some measure of confidence, right, uh, some measure of being invited into our city, then we should probably do that. Now, I know there's been a couple of amendments that are being proposed to the ordinance. 
I've not seen them yet. Uh, they just came out yesterday. So that's my homework for the weekend to see what these possible amendments could be. Uh, I think one of them is um, the process, the way it is right now, or being proposed, is that if you have a complaint, then there's a mediator that's identified by city. Mm-hmm. And then together with the defendant and the claimant, try to find the common ground and a solution to it. Um, who pays for that? That's being talked about. What's the uh, timetable that you have to file that complaint? Is it 60 days? Is it 180, 180 days, et cetera? So those are some things that we got to work through before Tuesday or during the meeting on Tuesday. Sure. So, so this is being voted on on Tuesday then. Right. So and this is uh, unfinished business from okay. the June meeting. Council majority decided, look, this is rushed. Right. We, we formed a diversity, inclusion, and civil rights advisory board, and they've had no uh, weigh-in on this at all. Interesting. It was like, wait a minute, shouldn't we include them before <laughs> we start talking about an ordinance like this? Right. Well, that upset the mayor. He thought we should do this immediately. Like, no, we formed this board. We need to hear from them. Kind of the point. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. We also wanted to have some more community engagement. So we contracted with Kansas Leadership Center, and they did some... I want to say very specific focus groups where we brought folks from faith, nonprofit, uh, business uh, together and right. had a very good dialogue and, and went through all the legal things that are already in place mm-hmm. and where is this duplicative and where is it new territory. And then they gave us their report. They did that with the Diversity Inclusion Civil Rights Board. And then they have come to us with their recommendations. So that has been happening during this summer and early fall from that June 15th. It's kind of cool that we are seeing kind of a, I guess, a quote-unquote social experiment to try and do focus groups to understand the issue a little bit more. My concern about all this, and it sounds like we're going in a semi-decent direction with this if it's done properly, my concern is, and we talked a little bit about this off the air, is that we get into a realm of more of an activist stage of someone like myself. Say I'm a business owner, someone comes in, and I just don't care about what their orientation is, but I was in a grumpy mood. I was grumpy that day. They come out and they say that I that I discriminated against them based on my services, and it wasn't because I was openly, um, I guess, showing my happiness and about right. their courageousness of whatever coming out and doing this, but I just don't care. And therefore, because I'm a conservative and I traditionally like traditional things, therefore I'm discriminated against somebody trying try and come after me. That's not discrimination because we can like live my life, you can live your life, and I don't care. But to some extreme activists, they take that right. as a discrimination movement. And I don't want it to go down that road of the government bullying business based on their own personal views. Right, right. and that's why there's this process that we've established with the mediation, the mediator, to try to help solve it before it goes to an investigator. Okay. Let's say there's no uh, recourse or no solution with the mediation. They're still at opposite sides. Right. So then the process, we would hire an investigator, the city would, to research it and figure out if there is something that then needs to proceed to the municipal court level. Mm. And again, you, you still can't lie. Right. That's still, a, you know. You, you, <laughs> it's still you, not allowed to do that. Yeah. You're still not allowed to do that. So that would uh, hopefully between the mediation and the investigator, if it uncovers something like that, then it prevents it from going any further. So we're trying to put in those checks and balances so that there is no frivolous or punitive um, just based on poor customer service and not actual discrimination. Um, Look, no one wants discrimination. We shouldn't stand for that. Right. But exactly. But is it just poor customer service mistaken 
as discrimination. Right. Right. So that's why we're putting in these checks and balances to make sure that it's not just frivolousness or punitive. Um, and again, that is why we've taken this time this summer to work through to all do this, the right thing. Right. Yeah. Instead of just rushing it through in a particular month, because that's the <laughs> n- um, that's the posturing that's, we need to do. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, just uh, do it without any basis just for a political move as opposed to doing something right. In the proper way. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, if we're going to do it, let's look at it and do it the right way. So I'm glad. Uh, let's go to the phones here. 316-721-8255. Line at number one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Ray. Ray, what's happening, sir? Well, nothing much, but I've been listening to this. Why don't they just add sexual orientation to the existing laws and quit messing around with this stuff? We we passed so many yeah. feel-good laws, and, and some of them are common sense. And and but this just something that I've saved some group. Yeah, right. Isn't just, it sad with, that we have to regulate common sense now? And 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 Brian and I were talking about this off off air a little bit. Is that the fact that we have to have a government regulation for for your conscience? I mean, do the right thing. Let's just yeah. get back to civility for everyone. I don't really care. And if someone is a quote unquote, let's just throw the, say a transgender walks in there. Half the time you don't even know because you don't care. It's right. not that's not what you're looking that's, at or focusing on. Yeah, treat people the exactly way right. you want to be treated. Yeah. But we've gotten to yeah. a level now where, and Ann Coulter wrote about this in a book a long time ago, is that you know society is beginning to fail when you have to have minor laws to regulate every aspect of life because you have to tell people what to do as opposed to just the common sense of understanding it and the common decency just to do the right thing. Yep. Yep. The, the more laws we have, the more choked we are. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with this. And that's why this is a frustrating conversation. Um, to have a statement, as you said, for the city to, to be welcoming, you know, that's fine to do that. And if there is truly a real discrimination case, then, yeah, you know what? I mean, we can't be doing like that. No. At the same time, how many of those can be avoided by someone saying, you know what, they the cake incident out of Colorado, they didn't make the cake for the gay wedding. You know what? You can do the lawsuit to say, I'm going to force you to do it because you're a jerk. Or you can say, screw you, I'm going to go get some, I'm going to go spend my money elsewhere for someone who will support it. The main thing that Kansas has over Washington is we have the Freedom Protection, the Religious Freedom Protection Act. Yeah. So that wouldn't happen here because of that. Right. Um, as opposed to what happened in Washington. So Kansas does some things right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kansas does some things right, and we are uh, moving forward. So um, do you expect a final vote on Tuesday, or is it just getting all the info and then still kind of deciding? No, I anticipate a final vote on Tuesday. Okay. Um, I think there's, again, depending upon all the amendments, you know, that's going to be some debate, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But for the ordinance itself, I, I think we'll have a final vote. Interesting. We got just a couple of minutes left here before we have to wrap, wrap up the show, and uh, we went blue through our 45 break, so that's okay. <laughs> Let's keep on trucking for the last three minutes here. But the city of Wichita, anything else going on? I know we're going to the fall season. Is all the amenities, the library, everything else completely open now after yes. COVID? Yep. Yeah. We're and we're it. starting to see business again at Century 2 and yeah. and shows and conventions. Yeah, concerts. Concerts yep. are back. I'm so excited. Now, I we mentioned this too. I am a little concerned about my vaccination status to go to said concerts. Um, because I have not gotten my vaccine and right. I don't really even want to go get a test, but I may have to go get a test to prove that before the concert. Um, and I know some are doing that. Yeah. Others are not, but, uh, here's a question for you. And I don't know if you know this or not. Some of the music venues were getting some additional funding to try and keep them open and they've already done that. Act. Yeah. Yeah. The last I had heard, and this was maybe about a month or two ago, they had not received anything yet when they applied all the way back at like the beginning of the year. Are we, have they gotten that? Are they back on track? I couldn't answer that. Adam Hartke at The Wave has been very uh, involved with the Save Our Stages Act and and trying to get that additional funding. 
I couldn't tell you though if they did or not. And it was very important for that. But seeing them reopen again and having shows and concerts that's helping. That's definitely helping. Yeah. Yeah. So people are back at it, ready to want to go out and do stuff. So it's nice. We are going into the season, but at least we had a successful baseball season. Absolutely. That's yep. good. Could have done um, a little bit better in the playoffs, but hey. uh tremendous first season. And everyone that went to Riverfront, I think, uh, at least from what I heard from folks. They just love the new stadium. I was going to say, successful year for the stadium. Yes, yeah, and just just a class place all the way around. Um, no one's longing for the days of the old Lawrence Dumont. There's <laughs> enough, you know, historically, yeah, I remember it, but when you can walk into the new facility and, and watch a game there, it's it's night yep. and day difference. Any so. plans for the stadium throughout the winter? Because I know it's more than just the baseball stadium. Are we doing anything right. else there the next So they just the announced this week that they're going to host uh, junior college football playoffs there. Mm-hmm. So All right. the opportunity to see some of our local area colleges, Hutch or Butler, uh, play in some uh, football games there. Yeah. And when we built the stadium, we we installed goalpost sleeves. Okay. So it's already uh, already ready built to go. for it. They'll have to take off the the pitcher's mound. Sure. Um, and then you know paint lines and so forth. But should be pretty interesting. I mean, nice. we haven't seen football played in other than indoor football right. since WSU canceled their program. So that ought to be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and again, another use for the stadium, uh, something beyond, because it is designed to be a multi-venue, sure. multi-event type of venue. So Very looking good. forward to it. I love it. Wichita City Council Member Brian Fry, it's good to talk to you. It's been way too long, my friend. we got to do this a little more frequently. So Absolutely. We'll get you back on here again. Until then, back at it next Saturday for Candace Talk. We have Derek Schmidt. We have Congressman Ron Estes. We have Chris Kobach. It's going to be a loaded show next Saturday. Stay tuned for that. Plus, the national broadcast of The Voice of Reason on Monday at 4 p.m. right here on KQM, your flagship station for that. Until then, Joe Pags live with the weekend coming up right after the top of the hour break. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great weekend.